Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. When our backs are up against the wall, our flesh is tempted to give up and compromise our convictions. The enemy is cunning and deceptive in how he communicates his ways. Join Doug as he reminds us that there are no shortcuts in life or faith, and that out of our internal wrestling and battles and our pressing into the Lord, we come out different and the narrative and storyline are changed. After the episode, consider leaving a review and follow us on your favorite streaming service. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. I found that sometimes to get bearings for where I'm going in the future, I need to look back and see where we've come from. You know, it was back in December 2019, I was processing and praying in preparation for the coming new year. But what I also sensed was the new season more than just a new year, and that we need to be prepared for the coming season. In retrospect, looking back now, little did I realize just what a new season that would be for all of us. There is no doubt we need to return to the Holy Scriptures. With so much divisiveness, instability, and challenges around the world, we need a plumb line of God's truth to give us guidance and direction, and to find together the answers that we need to solve the problems that surround us today. One of the things that I was reminded of on December 31st of 2019, in fact, it was as we were entering into what we were calling the year of the Bible, the global year of the Bible was going to be 2020. Little did we realize all that we'd be entering into and why we needed it to be the year of the Bible, getting back to Scripture. But during December 31st, 2019, I wrote, During my early morning devotion time, I was reminded of a quote by Charles Spurgeon. A tattered Bible is evidence of a life that is not. Now, obviously, just because someone's Bible is tattered isn't proof that their life is perfect or without challenges. But being in God's Word changes us, renews our minds, and gives us a footing upon which we can stand and build when our world is being shaken. You know how our world has been shaken. Everything that can be shaken has been shaken. It seems it's been almost like a perfect storm of challenges and difficulties around the globe, impacting every sphere of the culture. You know, Ephesians 5.26 and Romans 12.2 are scriptures that are good reminders for us of the importance of meditating on the Word to keep us renewed and refreshed and wash us clean from all the external influences and shakings of the world around us. There really is a battle for our minds and our hearts. Recently, I was asked to do a midweek prayer service at a church in Houston, and I shared that the devil wants your vision or your strength, and I quoted 1 Samuel chapter 11, but the Lord wants your limp. Now, I know that sounds pretty contrary to one another, but let me just take a moment to share this, because when our backs are up against the wall, our flesh is tempted to give up and compromise our convictions. So I use the story of 1 Samuel chapter 11 where Nahash the Ammonite, and Nahash means the cunning one or the serpent, came against the people of Jabesh Gilead. And what ended up happening was the people were so backed up against the corner, their backs against the wall, that they were willing to make a covenant compromise or a treaty with Nahash the Ammonite. And here's what Nahash said, okay, I'll make a covenant with you, I'll make a compromise or a treaty, but let me have the right eyes of all your men. And you think, why would he want all the right eyes of all the men? Now, my friend Ray Comfort years ago shared that as young men, they would actually learn how to fight with a shield in their left hand, a weapon in their right hand, and they would use their right eye to watch the enemy. 
And so when you think about it, what the enemy was saying is, look, I will make a treaty with you, but give me your vision. Give me all your strength. Give me what you instinctively know how to respond in strength to. And so if they would have given up all their right eyes, they would have given up their capacity to fight, to see, to see even the works of the enemy, and to be able to discern, and it would take them and rob them of their strength. And yet we see, in contrary to this, that the Lord says, if we would wrestle with him as Jacob wrestled with God, that the place became known as Penal, the place where Jacob wrestled with God, he came in his own strength, in his own wisdom, and yet through wrestling with God, he may have left with a limp, but he left changed. In fact, his destiny changed. The trajectory of his life changed. He became no longer Jacob, but became known as Israel. And we're all the beneficiaries of Scripture and of the stories and the covenant promises of God. Because of that moment, Jacob wrestled with God. He came in his own strength, wrestled with God, and changed different because he prevailed with God. You see, James chapter 1, verse 12 says that, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised for those who love him. You see, like Nahash the Ammonite, the enemy or the devil is cunning and deceptive in how he communicates his ways. We have to be people of discernment and those who love the truth if we're going to win God's way. You see, there are no shortcuts in life or faith. Out of our internal wrestlings or battles that we go through and our pressing into the Lord, we can come out different. The narrative and the storyline will be changed. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. What are the principalities that we face today? And there's so many. When I think about the contrast here, wrestling with God or wrestling with the flesh and blood, I would rather wrestle with God, working through all those external and internal challenges that I'm going through, so that with God I win. I can leave with the limp, but I'm strengthened with greater vision, fresh anointing, clarity, prophetic clarity, and wisdom and direction for the things that we may face. But if I allow my flesh to do the wrestling, if I wrestle with flesh and blood, then the principalities that are coming against me, against the powers and the rules of the darks of this age, there are spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places trying to distract us, to get us distracted and disillusioned from our destination with God and God's purposes. So we should not wrestle with flesh and blood, but let us wrestle even with our internal struggles and place it before the Lord so we can walk in the limp of God, but change the direction of our lives and walk in the destiny God has for us. We cannot fight these principalities in the current conventional ways. We must not be seduced into believing we must fight according to the opponent's rules of engagement. When you have a moment, take 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 18, and meditate on them. But let me read to you just verse 3 through 5 out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments at every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Pulling down every vain imagination or every stronghold that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Wow. 
Here are some practical principles that I shared recently in a church during that prayer service, because I believe it's things that we need to hold on to in the fundamentals of Scripture and in our relationship with the Lord that helps us to overcome these spiritual battles in seen and unseen places. Number one, for me, I learned to praise Him through it. Whatever the circumstance, whatever external challenges or even internal conflicts or wrestlings I'm going through, I have to, in faith, begin to praise the Lord in the midst of it. We see throughout Scripture where the disciples were in prison, and as they were praising the Lord, the prison doors open. Over and over again, we see throughout Scripture that in the midst of the most difficult of times, they would place their sacrifice on the altar. We are the living sacrifices placed on the altar of God of our time, talent, resources, treasuries, our giftings. When we place ourselves on the altar of God, it's God's Holy Spirit that consumes us as we place ourselves on His altar and His glory fills our temple. Praising the Lord releases something because when worship goes up or praise goes up, His presence comes and manifests in ways and gives us the breakthroughs that we can't do on our own. So I've learned to praise the Lord through my circumstances. Secondly, I've learned that there are times I just can't pray. I don't even know what to pray. So for me, I pray in my prayer language. I begin to pray not according to my knowledge or according to my words. I pray in the Spirit. I pray before the Lord and allow the Lord to begin to do a work in me. But I also then take and begin to pray the Word. There's something about the Word of God that never comes back void. The Word of God is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. So I praise the Lord through whatever I'm going through. I begin to pray His Word. You see, we're in an important season. I believe it's important for us to be in the Book of Acts church again so the world can see the light of Christ in us and shining through us. In the midst of difficult and troubling times throughout the world that we've seen going on, we must be a people of expectation in the Lord. We have the answers, and we find them in the Word of God. As we meditate on the Word, it will renew our minds and wash us. Now let us pray the Word because prayer produces intimacy. The late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, the founder of the Christian Men's Network, used to say, Prayer produces intimacy to whom you pray, with whom you pray, because in agreement there's power, and for whom you pray. Ed Savosa said in his book on, on prayer evangelism, Talk to God about your neighbors before you talk to your neighbors about God. There's something about this place of prayer that brings us in intimacy with God, in agreement with those we're praying with, and those who we're praying for. So pray the Word. There are times you just don't know what else to say. So you take the Word of God, you meditate on the Word, and you begin to pray His Word into your marriage, into your circumstance, into your situation, into our nation, into our community, into the global crisis. Pray the Word because the Word does not come back void. The Word works. And then secondly, I'm then with the Word of God speaking the Word. I begin to pray the Word. I speak the Word. I speak the word into my circumstances. I speak the word because the word, again, does not come back void. Scripture tells us about the power found in God's word. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield under them that put their trust in Him. Again, I 
pray the word, then I begin to speak the word. In fact, I've shared on previous podcasts that the word zoe in Genesis and Revelation is the life of God. We have the life of God living us, the living word, Jesus living and dwelling in us. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. So the zoe of God, he is the life of God. But then he also gives us the authority, just like in Ezekiel 37, and there's shaking of the bones, or also Eutychus in the book of Acts. We see in different parts of Scripture where we, because we have the zoe of God, the life of God, we now have the authority to speak the zao of God, the breath of God. So by speaking the word, we take his authority that he's entrusted us with to speak into every circumstance and situation. We pray the word into it, and then we begin to declare or speak his word over every situation for the breath of God to engage and to come into every situation of our lives. The seed of the word of God, it says Luke 8, 11. The seed is the word of God. Now, for the word of God is quick and powerful again, Hebrews 4, 12. It's sharper than a two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. We need the power of God's word, and it's sharper than even a two-edged sword to be able to pierce through every circumstance and situation in our soul, our spirit, our lives. And it also gives us the discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Every word of God is pure. It is a shield under them that put their trust in the Lord. Philippians 2.16 speaks of the word of life. It says in the New English translation, By holding on to the word of life, so that on the day of Christ I will have a reason to boast. I do not run in vain or labor in vain. Isaiah 55 verse 9 through 12 says, Because it's the word of God that never returns void. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and breath to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, says the Lord. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it will prosper and the thing for which I sent it. There is something so powerful about praying the word of God and speaking the word of God, speaking his Zoe life, over our circumstances and our families. Isaiah 55 declares that his word will not return void, so we can have confidence in its effectiveness. It gives us a hope and a vision beyond our current circumstances or the global shakings that are going on around us. Psalms 33 verse 4 through 6 says, The word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. And then finally, we praise him through it. We pray his word. We speak his word. And then we become those who then let his light shine and we spread his word. We must also be those who know the word and spread the word. How can we spread the word if we don't have a relationship with the living word himself? You see, the word works. It is a seed that does not come back void. God's word teaches us the way we should live and the way we should go. In fact, God says in Psalm 32, verse 8 through 11, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye, God says. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be in the wicked 
But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. How can we know God's heart unless we know his word? We need the manifest presence of God like never before. We need the renewing of our mind like never before. We need to call upon the name of the Lord, be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, understand who the Lord really is. We need a renewed sense of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. But it starts with us getting back to the fundamentals, getting back into the Word of God, letting it change us, and then going out and being a tangible expression of the living Word to all those around us. It also starts with a posture of humility before God. We need to come before a holy, holy, holy God, saying, God, do whatever you need to do to do a work in me so you can do a work through me. We need a renewed corporate awakening of our hearts, renewing of our minds, and understanding we are all equalized in the presence of a holy, holy, holy God. We desperately need the gift of discernment more than ever before. Too many things today are working to separate us, to divide and conquer us. But when we have a humble posture before God and let the Lord work in us through His Word and Spirit, He unites us so we can do a work and do a work in Christ and Christ do a work through us. We are in a new season. We need an awakening in the church. We need a revival across the land. We need a generation grounded in God's Word to rise up as a prophetic generation, preparing the way for revival and ultimately the coming of the Lord. You see, the Word works. It does not come back void. It is our Word in season. It is the Word of life. Let us meditate on the Word to cleanse our minds and to pray the Word, which is powerful. Let us speak the Word over our lives and spread the Word to be a tangible expression of God's love. Yep. To reiterate it again, there is no doubt that we need to return to the Holy Scriptures. With so much divisiveness, instability, and challenges around the world, we need a plumb line of God's truth to give us guidance and direction and to find the answers that we so desperately need today. Remember, the devil wants our vision and to take our strength. But the Lord wants our limp. With all the difficulties that might confront us, with all the global challenges and shakings going on around us, May we remember we can win the right way. We can learn to be those who are steadfast even under difficulty and trial and that the Lord will give us a crown of life because he has promised that to all of those who love him. The devil wants your right eye. He wants to rob you of your strength. He wants to take you away from the destination that God has for you, from your destiny. But we can wrestle with God and not have to wrestle with flesh and blood. Because we're not wrestling against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. God is doing battle on our behalf against these spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but we do battle in the spirit because of Christ in us against those principalities. And again, what are those principalities we face today? Remember, it's better to deal with the internal conflicts and wrestling we have in our hearts and minds and give it to the Lord Bring it before the Lord as we wrestle with God with these struggles that we go through. Better is to struggle with God and wrestle with God and leave with the limp, but stronger than before, and that our destiny has been determined because of God, rather than let the enemy cause us to make a covenant compromise in those areas with the flesh, and ultimately we will always lose in the flesh. We are not a people of the flesh. We're people of the Spirit. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we battle together in the Spirit 
as Christ lives in us, works through us, and by His grace that abounds in His amazing grace, even in our weaknesses, He is made strong in and through us. Remember what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Wow. As my old sensei, my wrestling coach used to say to me, Gambate yo. You've got this. You can do it. Let's go. Go for it. Oftentimes he would say this loudly during my wrestling matches when it looked like I was about to give up. Do your best. You got this. You can do it. Go for it. Gambate yo. Gambate yo. Remember, our Heavenly Father teaches us when wrestling with him on getting his perspective to learn his spiritual strategies, to build foundations that will enable us to walk in his purposes and power as champions in the Lord. And may you hear the Lord say to you, you got this. You can do this. Let's go. Go for it. Gambateo. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.